the studios of KPFA in Berkeley, California, this is Flashpoints. Today on our show, the U.S. and the so-called core group of concerned nations have effectively taken control of Haiti in the aftermath of the assassination of President Jovenel Moise and an internal coup within the corrupt PHTK ruling party there. They've chosen ultra-right Prime Minister Claude Joseph, who has long held ties to the U.S. intelligence community, to be the interim president of Haiti and oversee the next elections, which must be held within the next three months. The U.S. also announced it is sending the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security to lead the investigation into the assassination of Jovenel Moise, even as the government and military in Colombia acknowledged that 26 of its retired Special Forces officers have been detained for their alleged participation in the assassination of the Haitian president. The New York Times has now reported Claude Joseph's government requested today that the U.S. send in troops to protect Haiti's port, airport, gasoline reserves, and other infrastructure, claiming the country has descended into turmoil in the wake of the assassination of President Jovenel Moise. Joining us from Florida is Flashpoint Special Analyst Fran Jerome, and also joining us is J.R. Lawrence, a former U.S. police officer who served as a U.S. security contractor in Eastern Europe and Afghanistan and was attached to the U.N. mission in Haiti for two years and has intimate knowledge of Haiti's police and actually lived in the the same neighborhood as the murdered president during his tour of duty there. I'm Kevin Pina. We'll be right back with that and more here on Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. And welcome to another edition of Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Well, that was one of the longest billboards I think I've ever read, but there is so much going on, so much breaking news going on in Haiti today. Uh, joining us now is Flashpoints analyst Franz Jerome. Franz, are you there, buddy? Yes, I am. M- Do you hear Mon me? cher, Oula? Oula? Oui. Yeah. Ah, oui, qui j'en oublie? Nous t'en doué écho. Oui, vous m'entendez bien? Moi t'en doué bien, mais l'homme parle, nous t'en doué écho. Écho, il y a un écho. Bam bam no, 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 Sorry, guys. No problem. Work... Okay, so now we're working on a couple things here. <laughs> Sometimes I have to do. Franz, the New York Times is reporting that troops are landing in Haiti as we speak. I've been reporting two days ago that the U.S. USS Billings, which is a U.S. warship with a full complement of U.S. Marines, has been in Santo Domingo. We got reports from our people on the ground in the Dominican Republic that they left port approximately one hour ago. We also know that two C-20 U.S. military uh, transportation planes landed in Port-au-Prince with two complements of special forces yesterday at the airport. I want to get your reaction to this latest news of another Foreign military intervention in Haiti. Well, you know, it's not going to solve the problem. Uh, uh, but there is also uh, the opposition playing their part because they have uh, initiated a process uh, that I don't necessarily agree with. And uh, the Lavalas party signed, doesn't uh, endorse the processes. But apparently, legislators are moving to try and place uh, the legislature in charge of the process of uh, forming a government that would be uh, uh, one that taps into all type of uh, competencies in Haiti so that they can rebuild the institutions that are necessary for free and fair elections. And you're listening to Flashpoints. 
the government that has invited the troops uh, on the territory are not necessarily the ones that constitutionally are going to be running the pro- the country in the next few weeks. Well, let's back up a little bit and let's, let's explain to people that in many ways this was an internal coup within Michel Martelly's PHTK party, that in fact the assassination of the president occurred on the very same day that his hand-picked prime minister, Ariel Henry, was supposed to assume office. The assassination of the president forestalled the installation of Ariel Henry as prime minister and Claude Joseph, who is another tendency or sector within the ruling PHTK party, which is called the GNB, the Grenambunda assumed control of the party, declared himself interim president, and the core group, the United Nations and the United States, anointed him in that post, claiming that he would lead Haiti, had to lead Haiti into elections within the next three-month period. Now what we have is the Haitian Senate and the Martelly wing of the corrupt PHTK ruling party now striking back, claiming that the former president of the Senate is now the actual interim president of Haiti. Haiti today has two and inter- Yes, go ahead, Franz. Yeah, the, the, the reason why I want to slow you down, because the only reason why I mention this is because um, I think everything is wide open. People are clear that the facts that were presented to them as to uh, how the president lost his life are not clear at all, and that the very people who are in power today may be... Responsible or partially responsible for his death. Yes, but I think it's important that people understand that Joseph Lambert is also a PHTK ally and does represent the uh, Martelly wing of the party. And there is a, currently a battle between the right and the ultra right within that party. And the U.S. has already uh, has already anointed Claude Joseph of the ultra right wing faction of the party as the interim president to oversee the next elections. Correct. Yes, but that doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen because if it is proven that those guys have participated in the killing of a president, how can you justify that? How can you say that they are the new honest people who are going to run elections? And by the way, I don't support Joseph Lambert in any way, let's be clear. But I just want to say that it is a fluid situation and that things may change in a matter of minutes. Now, let's be clear. The context of the assassination also occurred because I think it was very plain and clear that under Jovenel Moise, that his reputation was so tainted that there was no way that the PHTK under his leadership could see through the next elections and win them. And that, in fact, it was opening the door to a possible reemergence of Famille Lavalas, the party of Jean-Bertrand d'Aristide, because in this situation, they remain wildly popular in many areas of the country. And, of course, the GNB, the current prime minister, Claude Joseph of the former GNB, uh, who is the ultra-right wing of the PHT party who has taken control, is viscerally opposed to Lavalas, is a mortal enemy of Jean-Bertrand d'Aristide. They were part of the brown shirts, the shock troops that created the most violent incidents to justify the protests movement against Aristide as a legitimate opposition that gave the U.S. and the international community the justification to intervene in Haiti in 2004. Yes, and they have invited the international community because they have guarantees they are sure 
that, uh, well, by the way, I believe they are implementing the plan that was designed by the international community anyway. So it, it is just a matter of having two sides, two, two competing factions, apparently, but they are bidding to do the work of the international community. Well, could we say that since the 2004 coup, it has been the United States Embassy and the so-called core group of concerned nations that have really been running Haiti anyway, of course, with the front of the United Nations. And that, in fact, what we see with troops landing on the ground in Haiti today is just merely the official uh, 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 manifestation of what has already been a loss of sovereignty of Haiti since the 2004 coup that ousted John Bertrand Aristide and more than 7,500 officials of the Lavalas party. Uh, yes, and some will tell you that uh, even though the troops weren't there, uh, uh, it is still the same people who were directing the operations that Martin Jovenel, all these people are just soldiers of the international community, and they are doing exactly what they are told. So it is clear that there is only one movement in Haiti, a movement that is resisting uh, uh, this type of situation where there is domination of Haitian politics by foreigners, and uh, it is the Lavalas movement and a few other French uh, 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 parties, but definitely the Lavalas government uh, uh, that they took out in 2004, they are still trying to implement the coup that they started in 2004, and that what we have today being played out is the final act of the coup of 2004. Now, of course, before U.S. troops had begun landing inside of Haiti, invading Haiti again today, uh, the uh, press secretary of the White House press secretary, Jennifer Psaki, um, announced that the FBI and Homeland Security officials are going to Haiti to oversee, I don't know, either that it's a real investigation or a cover-up of the uh, assassination of President Jovenel Moise. Let's go ahead and let's listen to this clip today uh, from the White House Press Secretary Jennifer Psaki. The United States remains engaged and in close consultations with our Haitian and international partners to support the Haitian people in the aftermath of the assassination of the president. In response to the Haitian government's request for security and investigative assistance, we will be sending senior FBI and DHS officials to Port-au-Prince as soon as possible to assess the situation and how we may be able to assist. I also wanted to note that in January 2021, we announced a $75.5 million for for a wide range of issues, including democratic governance, health, education, agricultural development, and strengthening of pre-election activities. Strengthening Haiti's law enforcement capacity is a key U.S. priority, was before the assassination a few days ago, continues to be. And the U.S. Department of State's Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement Affairs provides assistance directly to the Haitian National Police. We are also providing $5 million to strengthen the Haitian National Police capacity to work with communities to resist gangs. I also wanted to remind you all that earlier this year, the Department of Homeland Security redesignated temporary protected status for Haiti for 18 months, something the secretary announced uh, in May and something we are working to implement. Um, 
And finally, uh, Haiti is one of the countries that is will be receiving vaccines uh, from the United States. Uh, we will be uh, prepared to deliver those hopefully as early as next week. Uh, part of that uh, is uh, assessing uh, what the airport, uh, what can happen with the airport and how we will be able to deliver these. And you are listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. That was a White House press secretary today, Jennifer Psaki, uh, announcing that FBI and Homeland Security officials are going to Haiti to oversee the investigation and the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise. Of course, that press conference began before the announcement that Haitian officials had asked for U.S. forces to land in Haiti, to invade Haiti, to quote-unquote stabilize the country. Uh, I want to now bring in our next guest, um, somebody who I know very well, J.R. Lawrence. J.R. Lawrence uh, worked as a former, he's a former U.S. police officer. He served as a U.S. security contractor in Eastern Europe and Afghanistan. He was attached to the U.N. mission in Haiti for two years. Uh, he and I also were neighbors. We lived in the same neighborhood as that where Haitian President Jovenel Moise was murdered. So he and I both have Im- intimate knowledge of the logistics of that neighborhood, the physical logistics. Uh, J.R. Lawrence, welcome to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio, sir. Kevin, how are you? It's good to talk, good to, talk to you, old friend. Well, listen, my, my, my pleasure. You know, I, I got to tell folks, you know, you, you kind of we make strange bedfellows in that, you know, you might think that you and I might be on the opposite sides of these things. But in fact, you are a man of good conscience and I've always respected you for your honesty and your integrity. I got to also just acknowledge the people that when I was arrested in Haiti and beaten by the Haitian National Police and they were threatening to kill me in the jail cell, it was Mr. Lawrence who helped to protect me and keep me safe. He, he sent me surreptitious messages saying, we got folks on your side. I don't agree with the help excuse me, with what's going on here. And, you know, I just want to publicly thank you for, for that help, friend. Well, uh, it was probably one of the best things I've ever accomplished in my life. Well, thank you. You know, I've I got to get your reaction because you were part of that United Nations mission. They said they were going to Haiti to bring democracy. They said that they were going there to improve the conditions. And now look at where we are today. How do you feel about that? I mean, the, the mission was to improve the lives of Haitians. So how do we end up here today? Kevin, I can say in one word to sum that up, and that's that UN mission was a farce. And how so? There was so much more that could have been accomplished that was not accomplished. Now, of course, they said that they were going to improve the Haitian National Police. The Haitian National Police, after the U.N. mission, by the way, we're not going to talk about cholera and the number of, of children that were left in the wake of women who were raped by troops of the U.N. But l- let's just talk about the fact that they said that they were going to reform the police and the police now have been working with gangs. I mean, how does that happen? Well, the problem you have in a U.S. mission some of these countries that participate in these missions, the Haitian National Police are better trained than they are. Um, not in the U.S. case, but uh, there were several times that, you know, we basically were told to stand down. And I never got that. 
I refused to do it. And that's probably why I was pulled out of Haiti three months earlier than I was to finish my mission or my task there. So do you think that they're going to achieve any more with this latest intervention beginning today? I hope so. I think uh, you know, maybe some military boots on the ground could help, certainly help secure some of the people. But, 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 just but, 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 but I just got to interrupt you. It's the same sure. premise as before, right? Oh, it's agree, the exact same premise the that they use when, right, when they over. One of the options is to actually allow Haitians to take control and sovereignty of their, the sovereignty of their own nation. To, I to stand, totally agree with that. But they need help. They need the right help. But do you think the troops on the ground, is that is the kind of help they need today? Well, I think when you're dealing with a corrupt Haitian National Police Force, let me clarify this. I worked and met with some good police officers in Haiti. But I also had to interact with a lot of corrupt police officers. And it would not surprise me that they are involved somehow in this assassination. That is my opinion. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio, and that's the voice of J.R. Lawrence, a former U.S. police officer, and U.S. security contractor who worked with the United Nations missions in Haiti for uh, two years. Well, listen, you and I lived in the same neighborhood that the president lives in, and you and I know that there's only one road in and one road out, right? Very narrow one road, road called Labou. One road out, and I can't believe that they wouldn't have the security at the bottom of that road to check everyone being the president's residence is on that road, they wouldn't have someone checking everyone that comes through there. So would that mean that there would have to have been complicity of the police who were at the bottom of the hill? I mean, there's usually a USGPN palace security truck as well as a SEMO truck parked at the bottom and the top of Laboul in order to survey anybody who goes up and down that road. Does that mean that there would have had to have been complicity of the police if those people were able to pass through with five vehicles and 20, 20, uh, 26 guys? Well, I can tell you this. If I would have been part of that protective detail, they would not have come past me unless they had the right documentation and had some serious answers for me. Well, you know, i got to tell you, we're being told uh, by a source, one of my sources within the Haitian National Police, that in fact, those units did radio the office of the current chief of police, Leon Charles, and they were told to let them pass. Would that surprise you? Well, it's, it's either awful suspicious or these people are very inept. I don't well, know we're talking about, well, we're talking about protection of the president. These are supposed to be the, the, the highest level of, of, of protectors. They're U.S. trained, by the way. Right? They're U.S. These guys what are was, U.S. What trained. What was the last thing you said? They're U.S. trained. These guys are U.S. trained. They've been part of the U.S. training program for the last five years in that country. Well, the, well, the U.S. had a detail down there. When I was on the ground there, 
And that's exactly what they were doing. They were training the locals to take over. Uh, that was when Alexander was, I believe it was Alexander, was the interim president. Boniface uh, Alexander. So right. You would think that they would have been, you know, trained up to do their jobs. I mean, something as simple as checking vehicles that come up that road. Like you said, you and I both know that there's only one way in and one way out of that road. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We'll stand by, Mr. Lawrence, and stand by, Franz. We're going to come back. We have so much to unpack here during the rest of the program and not a lot of time, but I still have to play some music. I got to take a little break. I can tell you I've been going nonstop since Wednesday. I think think a lot of us have who are who know this story in the background of the story. I'm going to play uh, some of my favorite Haitian music here. This is a song called Nous Méchants by Wadner Bézant. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more here on Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. À cause de l'autre, moi, qu'on ait besoin de pouvoir. Nous méchants, messieurs, méchants. Et pour qui ça, nous ne pouvons conscientiser nous. Nous disons l'argent, et qu'on fait chien danser. Et bien, qu'on y a fait les hommes dans ces pétros. L'argent fait peur, qu'on y a acheté la mort. En relève vivre sans pas qu'on ait pour timonner. Nous méchants, messieurs, méchants. Pour chanter, les lanats si fâchés. Pas mandem, pour chanter, les gros vents absoufflés. Parce que moi, c'est même nous-mêmes, non, cap détruit. Parce que moi, c'est même nous-mêmes, non, cap détruit. Pas mandem, pour chanter, les gros dos à passer. Pas mandem, pour chanter, les lanats à trembler. Let's go. 
les gros vents à souffler. Parce que moi, c'est même nous-mêmes, non, cap détruit. Parce que moi, c'est même nous-mêmes, non, cap détruit. Pas mandé pour chanter, les gros dans le à passer. Pas mandé pour chanter, mais la paix a tremblé. Parce que moi, c'est même nous-mêmes, non, cap détruit. Parce que moi, c'est même nous-mêmes, non, cap détruit. And welcome back to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Um, U.S. forces are landing in Haiti again. Haiti has once again lost its, well, a continuing loss of its sovereignty since the 2004 coup. I have with me J.R. Lawrence, who spent two years working with the United Nations Missions Minusta there, a security expert. Also on the line with us is Fran Jerome our Haiti special analyst here for Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Uh, France, uh, today I'm seeing that there are announcements in Creole coming over social media of a protest on July the 12th. This is uh, showing up to be a confrontation, uh, if you will, between U.S. forces possibly and protesters in the streets of Haiti. Uh, I just want to hear what, what again, what, what, your your analysis and, and any questions you might have for Mr. Lawrence that might help us to sort of unravel this and take a closer look at, at what, what the implications are of this intervention. Oh, well, we have to be very careful because the, the, the war, in fact, in Haiti right now are within the ASTK. The resistance is not is, is not the one that staged the coup. It's another part of the Azteca that staged the coup against uh, Jovenel Moïse. So we have to be clear on that. The demonstration that's going to take place is definitely going to protest the fact that uh, uh, American soldiers are on the ground. But uh, we shouldn't mix everything up as if it's one thing. Now, the current government of Haiti uh, the claimed president, Claude Joseph, asked for help because he knows that he has no political base. He has no legitimacy. He doesn't have anything in terms of support within the country. So his support must come from the outside. So to pretend to call that democracy or democratic uh, behavior or democracy, ushering a democratic process to have elections is ridiculous. It is laughable. However, that's the situation that exists, but we must differentiate between uh, a parties fighting and the resistance, the, 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 the honest people in Haiti demanding to have the opportunity to establish their own government that will foster the type of environment that will yield real, authentic elections where the Haitian voices will be heard. Well, I, I asked uh, J.R. Lawrence's question, what, what do you think, uh, is the landing of U.S. troops the answer? Is, is, is that a good thing? Is, is that a bad thing? What, what, what's your view on that? Uh, you know, I haven't 
Listen, I have not heard what exactly their mandate is going down there, but I would hope that it would curtail any kidnappings, uh, unnecessary killings. Um, if they're on their game, they should protect the people down there. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But, but, totally but, but, but you said, but you said, but you, but, but you said they dropped the ball before. So what makes you think they're going to do any better again? No, I think the UN dropped the ball. Well, but the U.S. was behind that coalition. It was at the behest of the Bush administration that the UN did the seven intervention in the first place, right? Well, that's true. So, again, I'll just make the, they dropped the ball then. What makes you think they're going to do any better today, especially with the situation being more complex? Now, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Forgive me. You, you, know, you know I love you. You, you, know, you know you're in my heart. Uh, but, but I just got to be honest about this. I, I do not see anything good coming to this, but that's my opinion. Franz, what's your opinion on that? Well, again, I have to uh, uh, point out to you that it is within the Azteca that we have all of the negativity in Haiti. They are the ones that were arming the, the gangs. They are the ones but the, that were... But, but, the, but the U.S. But, France, the, the U.S. chose Peashtika. It was a direct intervention of I, Hillary I, Rodham Clinton. That, the but, but, and, and, and today, they, they're the, the ones point. who chose Claude Joseph. That is the point. So I'm saying it calls pretense. That there is no problem where an opposition is fighting an established army. The, the, the opposition doesn't have gangs. The opposition doesn't have guns. The opposition doesn't use violence. The violence has been perpetrated on the population by PHTK. So by the very that same people that the U.S. has put in charge. For. By the- mm-hmm. Yes. And that the PHTK government is asking for help from uh, an international community to maintain order, that's a joke. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. That's the voice of our analyst, uh, Haiti analyst, Fran Jerome. Also on the line with us is J.R. Lawrence. Uh, 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 you know, Rocky, Rocky's your, your, your nickname. I'm going to call you Rocky because I know you as Rocky. Rocky, uh, what about that? The fact that really these troops are landing in Haiti to protect a government that the U.S. installed in the first place. That this government would not have been in power if not for direct intervention of then Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton and the Obama administration, which allowed Michelle Martelly to assume the presidency. And that, in fact, it's the United States government through the core group that now has chosen the new interim president of Haiti, Claude Joseph, uh, who is also, uh, I believe, taking two roles as the prime minister as well. He's pretty much the de facto dictator of the country that the U.S. has selected. And so if, if the U.S. is bringing in troops to support, again, that kind of government, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't see how how anything good can come of it. Well, once again, I, you know, I'm not that familiar with what the U.S.'s mandate is for going down there. I thought it was to, uh, you know, to uh, create, you know, a peaceful environment for the civilian. Uh, I don't know 
what their rule of engagement would be. I don't think there would even be a rule of engagement because I don't think that's probably going to happen or take place. Right, and so what, what, what happens next week when there are thousands of protesters in the streets and they're confronting U.S. Marines? You know what? You're right. Well, what I are the rule of engagement? I don't believe that's going to happen. Why not? I hope not. I don't think that. I think they'll be told to stand down. Well, indeed, we can only speculate. We would hope that that would yeah, be absolutely. the case. But, but I, I remember, and I, I don't know if you remember, I, I was in front of the National Palace after the 2004 coup a couple days afterwards when a thousand or more demonstrators in front of the National Palace were confronting the U.S. Marines. And they were on these big APVs with huge machine guns and with their M16s pointed at the protesters. They didn't stand down. They protected the National Palace against the people who were opposed to the coup against the duly constituted government of Jean-Bertrand Aristide. So I don't think that their role is always that to, as they ostensibly say, to defend or to create an environment for democracy when in fact they were part of the multinational interim force that, in, that, that, that consolidated the coup against a democratic government in 2004. Well, the only thing I could say there... Yeah, I pray they're going down there for all the right reasons. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, yes, sir. Yes, go ahead. Franz Jerome. Remember, out of New York was a story about how the gangs are changing their objectives. I think that they may use this narrative to set up the people because the gangs have been inflicting pain and have been massive causing one massacre after another for the government. And now you have a situation where some people are pretending that the gangs are revolutionary, uh, 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 etc. I think it's a very, very dangerous situation where we must not confuse and mix players. The gangs, the barbecue, the G9 gang that was promoted by that for the uh, uh, general. Franz, Franz you're you're, uh, you're, you're breaking up the, terribly. Can you find can you find a better place? You're, you're breaking up. Can you make sure you got you're in a good place there? Oh, oh. oh, is it now? Much better. Thank you. Yes, what I'm saying is that it's a very very dangerous situation where we must not confuse players like Jimmy Cherizier and Barbecue and the G9 that have been promoted by the Ambassador Lalim and the UN because they are the ones with the guns on the ground, the gangs that had been doing the kidnapping, the gangs that have been killing people. They are the ones that people are going to say are representing the people when we know it's not true. Yeah, very volatile. Uh, you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. That's the voice of Fran Jerome, Flashpoints political analyst on Haiti. Also with us is J.R. Lawrence, a U.S. security, uh, former U.S. security contractor, as well as a member of the United Nations mission in Haiti, Manusta. Uh, you, you know, Rocky, before I let you go, 
and I continue this with Franz. Now, you and I also both know that there are some very bad players on the ground in Haiti who have the protection. The have the protection of the U.S. embassy of the U.S. embassy. Well, what I wanted to uh, close with was God bless Father Vincent. Jean-Marie Vincent, the priest who was assassinated uh, in 1994. And, and if the perpetrator who murdered the father happens to be listening, I just want to say to them, you might feel you got away with it. There'll be a higher power judging you one day. Well, let's. I'm, I'm going to be a little more, little more, more upfront and transparent. One of the prominent members of the opposition, who was also the former chief of security, ahead of ahead of the security commission of the Haitian Senate, clearly un, has the protection of the U.S. Embassy, possibly the CIA. We certainly know that the United Nations went out of its way to protect him. When you found evidence, you found the only living. Eyewitness to the killing of Father Jean-Marie Vincent in 1994. Just tell us a little bit about a background of that story, just so our listeners understand. Uh, just what you said. And unfortunately, uh, I was given the green light to move forward with this investigation. It got kicked up the, the chain. And uh, I was sent home three months earlier and told that I wouldn't be finishing that investigation. So you were investigating a prominent politician in Haiti who actually was the chief of security for the prime minister who was appointed by the international community after the 2004 coup. You found this woman who was riding in a jail cell you went from prison to prison as they tried to move her to keep her away from you, right? Correct. And you chased this story down, and you finally sat her down and got a got an eyewitness testimony from somebody who saw the trigger man that killed Father Jean-Marie Vincent in 1994. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. And then you tried to pursue the investigation, and they shut you down. The United Nations... And we got to believe that the U.N. would never do that without the approval of the U.S. Embassy or U.S. officials, the State Department. You got shut down. That's pretty much the way it went down. Unbelievable. And, and by the way, Kevin, if that's who I'm, I'm thinking, the way you describe him, he is one of the players who signed the, the petition to have our uh, famous senator to be the next president of Haiti. Well, that kind of surprises me. He's siding with the old uh, Marta Lee wing of the PHTK party, the neo-devaluist, instead of the ultra-right GNB wing of the party. I'm a little bit surprised to hear that, that he actually signed that. I, I, I want to see some verification of that. But who we're talking about here is Yuri Latetour. No, 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 I'm going to say I believe. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't see that, but, but, but I just want to be clear here. Uh, you know, Father Vincent was one of my early mentors in Haiti. He taught me about the, the difference between Tipezan and Moyen Tipezan. Uh, people would never know that, that there were different sectors of, of the small peasants in the countryside who are the backbone of the bread baskets of Haiti that keep people fed. Uh, uh, an incredible man who challenged dictatorship, uh, uh, an incredible uh, founder of Lavalas, the Lavalas tendency of Tileglis, the little church that broke with the corrupt traditional hierarchy of the Catholic Church, an amazing man. And, and, and I believe it was his, his, that memory and that history that inspired you to continue conducting that, that, that investigation, right? right, Rocky? Absolutely, it was. And I would have not left Haiti until I finished that. But I was told that that uh, my investigation was over, and I was going back to the U.S. Actually, I was told that in Washington D.C. Well, but, I'm 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 going to say bless you, brother. You were you. I mean, it it, it, it I I don't. You know, well, Kevin, it, it doesn't makes... matter. It does not matter what your politics are. A crime's a crime. Murder is murder. And, 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 and I hope that uh, the next investigation that they're announcing uh, uh, will uh, be different, but I doubt it. I'm and we, we certainly hope. This, Kevin. Kevin. Yes, go ahead. If I may, you, just like Father Vincent, was on their list. That's why I'm glad to see that you are not still in Haiti. Well, I'm, I'm, I think you told me I'm still on their list, and you know the UN contacted me last time I wanted to go back, and they said I was on that list. Absolutely. So I, 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 I'm still being really prudent, but you know, I, I uh, you know, my heart is sad. I got to admit, I, I, I am not happy that U.S. troops are landing in Haiti again. I don't believe that any good is going to come of it. But I do have to say this, that that people like you give me a little bit of hope that there are folks who still believe in justice and still want to really see uh, justice done in Haiti. So so, so my hat's off to you, Rocky. As they say in Creole, chapeau bas, mon Hats off, man, for, for, for your attempt Merci. to bring justice for Father Jean-Marie Vincent. I'm going to let you go now. We're going to come back with Fran Jerome. We're going to continue to wrap up this discussion about current events in Haiti. Let's take another short break here. Rocky, thank you, brother. We're, we're going to stay in touch. You know that. Take care of yourself, my friend. My pleasure. Let's do something a little positive here. Mika Ben say This is a positive song about Haiti by Jean-Michel Filzo, another one of my favorite songs in Creole. We'll be right back with more here on Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. <laughs> Haïti, c'est belle la mer, c'est belle montagne et belle rivière, c'est belle plage à picocoyer, bel paysage à belle couleur. Haïti, c'est sans café, qu'à monter dans les le matin, c'est sans la housse qui fait poser, pour fléziser qu'à bougeonner. 
Haïti, c'est Bassemblé, cascade pichon avec Sodo, c'est Acadé, la citadelle, c'est la badia Marigo. Haïti, c'est la vallée, c'est Bossali, Axabrico, c'est Mon la Selpic Makaya, c'est Mamlada, Mon Bilbo. Haïti, son douce macos, c'est un point pistage grillé, son gicolé qui poube en force, son bouteille cola bien glacé. Haïti, son bon grillo, son bon fritaille, son bon tasso, son bon légume avec cire, son bon ziri avec la Haïti, son bon bouillon, son soujou à climat. Son bon cassave avec un bas, quatre pédacas. Haïti, son bon dombwe, mariné, non bon sauce poisson, bois cochon, bon clé. Haïti, son bon café d'histoire. Haïti, chéri, jamais aimé. Haïti, son belle musique, son bon à pied, son troubadou, son son kata cérémonie, son son kwashi, son son tambou. Haïti, c'était au goût, c'était des ancêtres qui étaient pour nous, c'est là l'esclavage taboli, son tel liberté à Kodou. Haïti, c'est festival, c'est tisourite, c'est fête champette, c'est animation dans carnaval, c'est un tisilé que pas j'en Haïti, son bon basic, son domino, son bon 3-7, son réveillon, côté qui gagne bouillon, c'est la gagne qui tête. Haïti, c'est un combi de pays, un cap sec, les lapins, c'est si machin, y'a un cap descendre, y'a le goumé à la viche. Haïti, c'est si mon yo, cap révédé, y'a un bel avenir, c'est l'origol, la cap descendre, pas comme côté le bras la terre. Haïti, c'est un battant, un dépit après 12 janvier, c'est la boucle, mon mauvais sang, chaque lente, il la plus fine tombée. Haïti, c'est sous béton pour qu'on la vraie réalité. C'est une qui triste. And welcome back to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Um, we just heard a pretty, well, Franz, uh, you know, it's the first time that we've gone public with that information about Jean-Marie Vincent and that particular politician in Haiti. Um, I, I'm a little remorseful that I actually named him because I, I certainly hope that I haven't created uh, problems uh, for uh, Well, you, don't, you, you, you haven't named his name. You just gave information oh, that I, indicated... Oh, well, I did. <laughs> I, 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 I actually did. But um, So listen, I, I, I just want to, you know... You and I have both been emphasizing that what we're dealing with here is an internal coup within the corrupt PHDK party, a party that came to power under the Obama administration that was enabled to come to power by a direct intervention of then Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton, 
We then, of course, saw Haiti used uh, ferociously by the Trump administration. Uh, we saw the corrupt Jovenel Moise uh, actually cut many deals uh, with Trump, uh, including signing the Rio Treaty to intervene and invade Venezuela, should they have decided to do that. Um, give give folks just a, a, a little bit of background about you know Haiti's foreign relations under Jovenel Moise, and 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 sort of if that might now that we have a direct control of the U.S. government over the government of Haiti, you know how? Well, I actually just don't agree with you because it's like pregnancy. You cannot be a little bit pregnant. You either pregnant or you're not pregnant. <laughs> Diplomacy of dominance is diplomacy of dominance, and it shouldn't be called diplomacy. It's a pretense of diplomacy. If you say a country is a sovereign nation, then if that's the way this planet is being organized, then you should empower people to be full-fledged human beings that count on this planet and can have their voices heard. You cannot have a Jovenel Moïse, a Michel Martelly, at the helm of the country as an imposition of a foreign power, especially many believe to loot the multi-million dollars that were supposed to come to Haiti after the earthquake for the rebuilding billions, of Haiti. Billions, billions, so billions. They, yeah, the multi-billion dollars that were looted by these two players as part of a game that was being played. So you cannot have all these things happen and still talk about diplomacy and still talk about sovereignty and still talk about, a, a, you know, embassy. Democracy. Democracy. Oh, They're oh, still okay, saying... Yes. Right? They're and still just saying. Because you push for elections, especially if you push for rigged elections, that doesn't mean that there is democracy. That's because you are guaranteeing that there will not be democracy. So, you know, mm -hmm. I have mixed yeah. feelings about you saying, uh, you know, this new situation. The situation always existed, it was a dominant type of relationship, and a dominant type of relationship has two sides, the dominant side and the rest of it. Yeah, I guess I guess what I was referring to is it's the first time since the multinational interim force invaded Haiti and U.S. special forces were on the ground in 2004 that we've seen troops on the ground. But that's not true either because they were there during the uh, after the earthquake, right? The there was a marine yeah, contingent that was not only after the earthquake. Who do you think were helping the Haitian police? The Haitian police were depicted in such, such a glorious term. You know, the more, one of the most corrupt police force. Now, mind you, they were going in there because supposedly the 5,000 or 6,000 uh, police force of 2004 wasn't able to do the job. Now, what do we have? We have a completely corrupt police force that people are running away from. They don't protect people. They are staunch allies of gangs, etc., etc. 
Well, we only have a couple minutes left. We only have a couple minutes left, and, and I just want to hear your opinion of this. You know that I've said it often, but a direct line of the mess that's going on today can be drawn to the 2004 coup against a constitutional government. Definitely, definitely. And, and the, the, the theatric are trying to keep control, or maybe the core group trying to salvage whatever they can salvage after theatric so what what's what's what, what's your hope going forward here Franz I, I got you and by the way I want to let people know that Franz and I also have a new radio program that is bilingual that you can hear every Saturday at 10 a.m Pacific time 1 p.m Eastern time on radiocaju.com that's r-a-d-i-o-k-a-j-o-u.com you can of course follow me at at Across Mediums on Twitter and at Haiti Info Proj, at H-A-I-T-I-I-N-F-O-P-R-O-J on Twitter for the latest news and analysis that we're trying to provide almost minute-to-minute basis now. And you asked for my, my hope that the people will come out on the 12th en masse to demonstrate to the world that they still believe in democracy, they still believe in a free Haiti. All right, we're going to leave it there. The hope and the prayer is that the people will once again, you know, confront the reality of a foreign intervention, return sovereignty to Haiti, a true government that represents their interests. I, I, I share, I share in that sentiment. All right, we're going to leave it there. Again, this is Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. That's the voice of Fran Jerome, our Haiti political analyst. We also had on us on the line with us today, J.R. Lawrence, a U.S. security expert who served with the United Nations missions for two years in Haiti. We're going to go out with another song. This is a prayer for Haiti. Haiti by Thank you, everybody, for staying tuned. And uh, we're going to fight. We're going we're gonna to keep up the fight. Those of us who love Haiti, those of us who love Haitians, those of us who are allies of Haiti, solidarity is more important than ever. Stay tuned. Thanks again, guys. Noël la lune, Noël tout, yo we ciel la, Noël tout, yo we terre, Noël tout, ou ba yo bouche, ou ba nou bouche, y'a manger, non pa ka, ou ba yo nez, ou ba nou nez, y'a respiré, non pa ça, ou ba yo cerveau, ou ba nou tout, ça fait pa ka fonctionner, un yo rouge, nous nous a aidant couler à force, yo y'a pa ka comprendre, ou di ou crée nous tout a imajou, souriquez sous visage yo, pa j'aime ou elle sous visage nous, yo ge bel côté, yo ge bel beauté, nous même nous n'a malabou, malgré pour mettre des créations, Nous rester en bagloir, y a des obéis nous créer lumière. Nous rester dans blackout, nous plus prier. Pour qui ça bien vivre là, papa le bac à nous. Coute tout vin pour mon qui pas ouais. Nous plus mal que bâtiment. Nous pas qu'à faire plein vivre pour longtemps. Si projet ne pas partilier, si c'est pour abomination pour l'autre pays, pour qu'on en fasse ça, y a crésam. Mais nous plus utiliser le passé y a fois ça. Si c'est pour ça qu'on chante plus papa, pardonnez pour faire ça. Le premier sera le dernier. Pour nous dans Bible, retirer phrase ça. Des pasteurs. Tellement des prêtres 
it up for another edition of Flashpoints. Our executive producer is Dennis Bernstein. Our roving producer and producer of Flashpoints in Espanol is Miguel Gavilan Molina. Our technical director is Mike Biggs. For more information about the show, to listen to or download archived episodes, log on to flashpoints.net or visit our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com forward slash flashpoints. For questions or comments about Flashpoints, you can contact Dennis at dennisjbernstein at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.